Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And I'm Nick Amaral. And welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. This is episode number 46. Today, we're talking all about the differences between crib sheets and templates. And we're going to be discussing why you guys need to be creating these amazing little documents for your students. Of course, if you haven't had a chance to check out our podcast yet, this is Ask the Tech Coach. We are here for the Instructional Technology Coach and anybody out there who's interested in creating amazing professional development. And of course, with me as always is my co-host, Nick Amaral. Nick, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Hey, Jeff, doing great. And, uh, you know, just got back from uh, Niagara Falls visiting for my first Niagara time. That was a lot of fun. Falls. No, like, we're not going to do, do a whole podcast on Slowly Night. Uh, no, no, but this is a good one. So I'm excited to, uh, to join up and uh, start talking about how we can further help uh, the teachers in the classroom. It is a great topic. Of course, last week we discussed, we discussed this a little bit here when we were talking about ways to take our PD sessions and expand upon them. And, uh, you know, today we're going to be talking about our crib sheets and templates. Next week we're going to be talking a little bit about lunch and learns. But I'm interested in knowing, Nick, what information and what questions did you get from our listeners last week after our whole uh, podcast on, you know, really, how do we expand that PD day? So some of the things that I, you know, heard back from was, you know, what do you do then after the fact, you know, and I think that this was our lead in. So where do you go from here? How do you extend some of the, the things, the topics, the ideas that the teachers might take away from that PD day? Um, so this is where the crib sheet comes in. It's just one of those extra avenues that I'm hoping that tech coaches don't just use as a replacement for coming to meet you. We're going to hopefully show you some tips and tricks on how you can use the crib sheet to kind of spark that teacher to reach out to you a little bit more and hopefully get inside the classroom again. And of course, today's podcast is brought to you by our brand new channel that's going to be launching soon. Build your EDU brand over at buildyouredubrand.com. You know, Nick, over the last few months, so many teachers have reached out to us and said, I am interested in taking my dreams and my hobbies and building them into a money revenue generating, uh, you know, adventure for ourselves. Basically, they're asking me, how do you build a side hustle? And, you know, they look at all the work that we've done over the last couple of years on TeacherCast and the work that we've been doing here over on askthetechcoach.com. And maybe out there, you're looking to do that. How do you become an edrepreneur and tomorrow on tuesday april the 16th we're going to be actually running two webinars one at one o'clock pacific <laughs> we try that again one at one one o'clock eastern and 8 30 eastern we're going to be doing a webinar with our good friend dr will from the dr will podcast all about that you can of course go over to teachercast.net forward slash webinar and learn more information about that that's teachercast.net forward slash webinar and check it out what you get from coming to that webinar is a full hour. We're going to be doing it for about an hour, hour and a half or so. But we're going to be talking to you about how you can take your dreams and turn them into really, again, you know, revenue generating uh, resources. We're going to talk about how to build an avatar, how we're going to be talking about your content creation tips, website strategy, search engine on your websites, how to build a newsletter, and so much more. I'm looking forward to, to the webinar. It's going to be one of our, our, our first ones here, Nick, that we're doing. And we're looking forward to having you guys. Nick, we've got about 30, uh, 30 or 40 teachers already signed up for that webinar, and I am looking forward to it. So check it out over on teachercast.net forward slash webinar. And of course, if you have any questions about this or other topics, we would love to hear from you guys. You can, of course, go over to teachercast.net slash voicemail and leave us a voice message or leave us uh, something on Twitter over at teachercast.net slash ask the tech coach. Now, Nick, 
you will certainly are no stranger to creating crib sheets, to creating templates. We, of course, have some great crib sheets over on our Ask the Tech Coach Mastermind website. For those of you who, anybody out there who might be new to this topic, what is a crib sheet? What is a template? What are we going to be talking about today? So we're going to be talking about cheat sheets, right? Like I think of it uh, in the background of the uh, the old books, right, that you used to get for your literature class or the mm. students still use, Spark Notes. So it's like Spark Notes for teachers and for the app. Um, but the crib sheet is really just a fancier name. And what I like about it, not calling it a cheat sheet, is I think that cheat sheets often focus too much on how to do something. And I think that is best left for the workshop and the work that they're going to do with you is how and give me some pointers and tips on how do I can really elaborate and do something with it. So what we want to do with the, the tip sheet or this crib sheet is really to spark interest. So the idea of the crib sheet is to just generate ideas. Well, what's the difference here and what's the philosophy? Because, I mean, many school districts have a tech coach. That's why we were doing this show. And and the tech coach's job is really to find the resources that the school district needs. But, you know, many times a tech coach finds that resource and sends an email to a teacher or to the teachers and says, hey, check out these five different blog posts. And inevitably, nobody checks out the blog post. So the question is, what does the tech coach need to do? Is, is the philosophy here, Nick, to take that person's blog post scour it through and what chew it up in their own words and make a cheat sheet out of it what is the best way to handle this because you know you never want to do all this work for no reason and then you never want to do a lot of work and then get little return on it so what's your philosophy when it comes to finding these resources and then churning them up for your students so I like, you know, I like using crib sheets as a follow-up to workshops, right? So I like saying, okay, if this is a workshop and we're talking about digital assessment, you know, ways to use the you know, tools for digital assessment, right? And we're going to talk about maybe in there I mentioned Poll Everywhere and we talk about Padlet and we talk about, you know, whatever other tools, uh, Flipgrid. Then I might follow that workshop up with the crib sheet and I might send that out to all the people that participated. And the goal of that would be to maybe have included some pro tips that are things that go beyond some things that maybe we never got to in that workshop, but really to spark what are things that, okay, now that I've learned about this tool and I know it's a digital uh, a, you know, assessment tool, what are some ways or some lesson ideas that maybe I can use it? So what I always love doing is incorporating a part in that crib sheet that's called the so what if. And it's like, so what if you used Flipgrid to practice uh, interview skills with students during a lesson on, you know, career building. Um, so I think just that alone, you try to think of and try to hit on the multiple different subjects. And that alone then sparks these uh, ideas with teachers. And then they come to you and they go, hey, I, I attended your workshop. I saw the crib sheet. You had this idea about doing this lesson. I want to do that. And now you've got it. Okay, I'm teaching them again about the tool, but now I'm teaching them how to incorporate that whole lesson idea that maybe I sparked uh, with the crib sheet. You know, I, I like that method there of, of using everything and just kind of moving that conversation forward. Yep. I always find that a good crib sheet is something that provides an opportunity for the teachers to ask more. Right. So you know, maybe like what you were doing, you know, maybe I'll create a, a crib sheet that has one or two things, maybe a video. And then at the bottom, it's here's, you know, here's extra things that you can do. Find me if you're interested in these. So right. I always start at the top with here's here's a, here's a, a lesson that uses all of these wonderful things. 
The middle is kind of here's some other things if you're interested. And then maybe at the bottom, I have some just bullet points of check this extra stuff out here. Mm-hmm. One of the and- questions that we're going to talk a little bit about here is, 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 you know, giving credit where credit is due, right? I mean, look, we all scour the internet. We all know the blog post. We all know the great people out there who are creating a lot of this content is it important on a crib sheet to say most of these examples were taken from and then give the links? Or do you just sit there and you take credit for knowing how to do all this stuff on your own because you're the tech coach? Um, you know, I think that goes back to your first you, the first question you asked, which I, I was kind of answering. And, and I think this will kind of help out is I do pull information from obviously blogs or sources if I need that. A lot of that time, though, Jeff, that makes its way, well, at least for me, it kind of matches what you do it makes its way into the bottom as read these other sources for information. And then I may highlight, you know, who the articles by and I drop in the, the hyperlink or something like that um, into the crib sheet. So I do give that credit obviously to that person. If I say, you know, this is great to learn the how to guide, this guy does, you know, a great uh, YouTube video about, you know, walking you through how to design a digital lesson, whatever it is. Um, So I add that part. The rest of it though, I really, I guess, becomes my own food for thought, I guess. I I think of what I try to do best is try to make the connections to my district, my teachers. So when I think of things that they're doing in the classroom or apps that they use, um, in our in their classrooms in our district, that's the stuff that then becomes crib sheets for me. So it's not just kind of the copy paste from the various obviously the those who are the best at these other you know these other tools. Um, they make their way into the resources, but the stuff at the top is just I want it to be my voice. And I think when it becomes your voice, it's more personable. There's more of a connection. They hear you in it, um, and I think they know it's coming you know honestly from you. And I'm glad that you said that because I see a lot of new tech coaches overwhelmed right especially the first couple months even now as the school year is ending out right you you come up with a concept you like it you move with it but maybe you don't have time to sit there and create a screencast or a video or putting all those you know is it okay to find a shake-up learning video or an eric kurtz video on the same thing and then just throw it in there with maybe some of your original examples and how to's and walkthroughs. I mean, is it okay to be mul- you know, melding these things together? Or if you're going to make a crib sheet, you better go make the YouTube video on your own. No, I think definitely. I, I think that, you know, you don't, not everything has to be in there. Is, is it great? Absolutely. It's more personable. They see your face. There's more of a connection. If you can add those screencasts, I think, though, if you know, if you can't, you're in a time crunch, and we're not asking everyone to do that. It's no, find those, you know, those useful videos. Find that YouTube video that maybe you watched in order to learn a little bit about a, a tool before you ran that workshop or a pedagogy or a concept or whatever it is. Drop them into the resources section. You know, add your notes to the top. Follow it with that little that YouTube clip underneath. Add add some extensions or some articles or whatnot that you want to have, and then I think that makes for uh, a good crib sheet. You know what you don't want to do, Jeff, is what you said. You don't want to you don't want yourself to feel overwhelmed. But if you feel overwhelmed, imagine the person who doesn't know anything about the tool. They're going to feel overwhelmed. So don't feel like you have to overwhelm the Chrome the crib sheet in order to get your your you know your point across. And I'm glad you just mentioned the tool, right? Because I find a lot of times. I will make a crib sheet using the tool that we're having, you know, having the, 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 the PD session on. And sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't. But let's take a look here and talk about some of our favorite things 
uh, and applications that we use to make templates. Nick, I got to tell you, one of the favorite ways that I like to make crib sheets is through Google Sheets. I've been making that on content creation. I've done stuff on on you know podcasting show notes is that we have some crib sheets on we've got a couple ask the tech coach crib sheets that are out there we're going to be linking to a few of these things in our show notes this is ask the tech coach episode number 46 um but i find that google sheets is a really really neat way to start making templates and stuff and and it's one of those things where if a if a teacher looks at it they might not know how to make that template but I guarantee you it's going to start to have, create a conversation between you and certain teachers that you can then go into their classrooms and say, hey, look, I'll show you how to do this. Or, hey, here's a couple of new functions that you can do. Or, hey, would you like me to work with your students on this? We'll all, we'll all get comfortable on spreadsheets together. And I think that's a, gr- you know, a great one. I, I don't use you know Google Sheets enough, honestly, with a lot of things, Jeff. So using them for for crib sheets and templates would be something new to me. But however, I have you know I've obviously created templates for different things that I do use Google Sheets for. But but there's just so much you can do with it. So it's a great app for me. I love using Google Slides, and I uh, more than just the you know your slide deck that then you pass out. I like the idea of. Google Slides, just just everything you can do. I mean, if you're a Canva user, just open up a blank Google Slide. You know, go into the settings. You can adjust uh, to a custom size that you want to make that literally could be the size of paper. And you're just dragging and dropping things. I mean, I, I've used it to make invitations for my daughters for birthdays before, which is sort of like, a, you know, mimicking Canva. So, you know, I love Google Slides uh, as that. I also like it as just building that PDF slide deck and then you send it out and they can open it anytime, anywhere type deal and walks them through some of the tips and tricks or, or model lesson ideas that then they can, uh, you know, try out in their classroom. I love showing off all the different things that Google Slides can do. One of the favorite things that I like showing off with slides that, you know, for, for, for many it seems so easy, but a lot of teachers don't think about this, is you open up a slide and you go into the file menu and you make that slide be eight and a half by 11. And yep. then a lot of teachers are like, how'd you do that? But really, you know, using Google Slides as a template instead of a, a doc or a, a something else, there's a lot of different things that we can do with that. I've gotten a lot of traction over the last year uh, or two, really, teaching teachers how to use master slides and how to build templates in there, and how to build templates from your templates. So that way you can then distribute them. Um, Another application that I like showing off with templates and really using it as a big cheat sheet uh, uh, repository is Google Sites. I'm a huge Google Sites fan. Nick, I don't know, did you happen to see um, any of the big news last week from the Google Cloud event? They did a half an hour workshop all on Google Sites and what's coming down the road over the next 12 months. I am super excited about some of the new things coming out for Google Sites. I didn't. Uh, And if you have some of that info and you'd like to share it briefly, my hope would be some of those formatting things maybe coming down the pike. I don't know if that's possible. There it it is. You know, they they started off by saying, look, you know, 10, whatever it was, 10, 12 years ago, they purchased a company that then became Classic Sites. And then in order to go through the lifespan, they rewrote everything from the ground up. And that's how we got, you know, four years ago, new Google Sites. And, you know, a lot of the features have been coming from the users, from us. And they showed a couple things. It's what's coming down the road. You know, one of the big things they're coming out with is more themes. They're coming out with templates. So you can actually create a template for your organization, for your podcast, for your whatever that you're going to be using. That's going to be really a game changer. Um, More text, uh, carousels. 
So, you know, image carousels and things like that are going to be big. And also um, a cloud search. I haven't seen much about this yet, but they're going to be adding a cloud search up on top where you can actually not only go to a website, but you can then use that website and search for things inside of Google Drive. Haven't that's figured out awkward. how that works yet. If that's going to search everything in somebody's Google Drive or just certain uh, files or something like that. But there's a lot of neat things that are coming up here for Google Sites. Um, and I just saw today, uh, Alice Keeler had this one on her Twitter. Um, there's going to be a new feature coming out for Google Sheets where you're going to be doing a revision history per cell. Oh, wow. Which is kind of cool because I'm that's sure you know, cool. if you've ever used Google Sheets with a group of people, you know that if you go back in history, you've lost everybody's work. Absolutely. And, and Jeff, revision history for that is pretty cool. That's a great one. And, and just kind of doubling back on that is I get out often asked all the time by uh, administrative assistants and secretaries who share their spreadsheets with everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, they're always asking, how do we lock down certain cells or can I track to see who made revisions in certain, in certain areas? This would be perfect yeah. for them because they're always asking that question. And also just want to mention Google sites. I love the fact, I mean, it's the idea of building those digital playlists. I, I do that. I love doing it for all of my workshops and my presentations, build a digital playlist. Everything is on there. Documents, the slides deck videos walk yourself through it use it when you want share it out create it with your staff so let's talk about those three items here sheets slides and sites um, many of us know and, and for those of you who don't know we'll kind of walk you through here if you're looking at the url up on top there's always a spot where it says slash edit and you know the tip is if you take everything to the right of that edit and you go to slash and you just type in copy then that force copies you to uh, make a blank copy or, you know, to make a, a copy of that document. But there's another little hidden trick that instead of hitting slash copy, you do slash template forward slash preview. So you do slash template slash preview. And then that gives you a visual that then has a little blue button up on the top that says use template. I use this one constantly, um, not only A, because teachers don't know about it, but B, because I can see what I'm doing. And I love that template preview feature to give out templates, to give out cheat sheets, to give out any of that stuff. Um, if you haven't tried that yet, do, do that. It works on sheet slides forms, I think. Um, docs. I think it works on everything but websites at this point, but sure. I'm pretty sure that that's going to be coming. Um, but definitely check out those different things here. You know, if you're looking for ways to use templates, slides, sheets, and websites is a great thing. But Nick, you've been using a lot of s'mores lately for your cheat sheets. I have. So I started off with Google Docs and I have them all made uh, as Google Docs. I still continue to add to that, uh, which, you know, is, is just one of the Google things that we've mentioned. I mean, it fits right in there. Um, but lately, just transitioning that into s'more. And Jeff, we've done that with the uh, the tech coach uh, and the mastermind group and any of the templates and lessons that we have. Um, and it's just useful. I mean, the things are embedded. And, and the thing is, is, I know I'm mentioning s'more. I mean, this would work for even if you wanted to use a PictoChart. You know, mm -hmm. anything that can kind of build infographics. S'more does a great job. PictoChart, uh, we're going to talk about Canva a little bit later. But that's the idea. I mean, the, it's just a simple way to embed the video clip, uh, to have your notes up top, have the video clip come in, have some notes on the bottom, add some extensions. You can even build a little footer that you want across the bottom so people know how to reach you, your contact info, all that. Um, and it tracks who opens it. So it's a pretty cool and see where the people who opened it, where they're from. Just the analytics in that just uh, extends the usefulness of uh, S'more. 
Well, let's bring up Cam because you just mentioned it. Sure. And I, I don't want people to think that this episode is s'more versus Canva versus yeah, no, not at all. No. Um, you know, we're all tech coaches here. I find the best method is to take all the different tools and mash them together, right? So why not use Canva to make a graphic that you can then put on a s'more that right. you can then put on a Google site, right? So there's different right. ways around this. And again, I'm going to go back and saying these are all devices and all tools that when a teacher looks at this, they go, how did you do this? And now you can say, here's my goodie bag. Here's everything that I have going on. Friends, before we move on with our show, I wanted to let you guys know I have been in education now for almost 20 years. And I've seen the changes some students have come to face every single day, whether it's going through school hungry, not being able to see a doctor when they're sick, or not getting the proper rest at night. These challenges make it hard for kids to focus on their learning. I remember a story of a student who came to my office one day and she could barely stay awake due to all the circumstances happening around her at home that were beyond her control. I didn't know what I could do, and I wanted to be able to help her out in any way that I could. Thankfully, Concordia University in Portland is leading the way with their 3 to PhD program that helps to combat students' fears, freeing them to pursue their highest dreams. They're revolutionizing education by creating a holistic model that provides groceries, healthcare, and even clothing to students right here on campus, helping them thrive and helping our communities strengthen and grow. Concordia's College of Education offers online and on-campus programs where students have the opportunity to learn about a more compassionate approach to education and see how nurturing the whole student can lead to amazing things. To learn more about how you can help students conquer their monsters and achieve their highest dreams, visit cu-portland.edu forward slash let's conquer. That's cu-portland.edu forward slash let's conquer. And we're, use the hashtag nature educate grow. So we talked a little bit about the Google products. We talked about sheets, slides, sites, a little bit about docs. We talked about s'more, Canva. I want to flip this through because one of my favorite ways to create templates is through Microsoft Sway. Have you ever had a chance to really get, dive into the Sway? I haven't, Jeff. Uh, definitely have to do it a little bit more, but I know it's one of the things out there uh, that's pretty hot right now. So I think this would make for a great one. And again, like you said, all the things work. And the reason I bring up Sway is because right now, when this podcast launches on April 15th, everybody in the world is going to be attacking the website for Microsoft Education. That's education.microsoft.com. Nick, this is the time where everybody gets a chance to nominate themselves and go through the process of becoming a Microsoft Innovative Educator. Nick, I know you and I have talked about this. This is something that you and I are both going to be doing this summer. Yeah, definitely. I have been kind of working back. You know, my Google stuff was up. I had to kind of recertify on all those things. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, definitely one that to, to have. And we've talked about it, Jeff, on our branding episode. So if you haven't yes. caught our, our podcast about branding, this was one of the big three that I think that those seeking to be uh, personal branding, but also seeking to be a tech coach uh, would also be one of those certifications you should look at. Head on over to education.microsoft.com. The reason we bring up this now is because one of the things that it asks you to do is to create a Sway on a project or on a way that you're using Microsoft tools. And a Sway is a really, really nice digital poster. I don't know if that's even the right way of putting it, but it is a really, really nice online canvas for you to create, to use. You can, of course, use audio, video, text, 
any variety of different things. And of course, with all your Microsoft products, and it even takes Google links too. So there's a lot of neat things that you can do there if you check out Sway. So Nick, we talked about a lot of different applications to make your crib sheets and your templates. Let's talk a little bit about what we do after we've built them. For most of us in Google schools, we have Google Classrooms that we can th throw things out. We have websites that we can share things. We have learning management systems. We have emails. What is your favorite way to distribute this? Does it just yes. stick it up and put a link to it, or is it blasted out to everybody? So, I mean, this may come as a shock, Jeff. I do like to post mine in my LMS. Um, so I find that that's just an easy way to do it. Um, I can, you know create a folder of crib sheets that I generate in my LMS and, and post that in there. Or I can also assign it or attach it to an assignment uh, that maybe was an extension of an online module or something I've created. And I can also have that in there. One of the things I do do is in my online modules, Jeff, I use my crib sheets as one of the um, ending pieces to the module. So after mm. they've worked their way through the module, one of the things is you must view this and it's basically the, the crib sheet and it pops up and it you know gives them the ideas and the how to's and refresh and whatever. Um, and then I end with a little discussion. So I love doing that. The other thing that has worked kind of well is at the beginning of the year, I generate uh, a Google folder in my Google drive that I drop all of these crib sheets into. And I just add it to the beginning of the year uh, files and things that teachers, you know, get at the beginning of the year. And it's just a folder that's shared out from the top and it just has all the crib sheets in it. One of the questions that tech coaches have is, should we put analytics on these things? Do we, do we really want to know how effective, how many people are downloading it? Is it just something that we're going to look at at the end of the year and cry because you realize that three people have downloaded it and you put all this work into it? I mean, I know S'more has built-in analytics. Um, you know, up until recently, you could put a goo.gl link on it, which keeps track of all the different hits and stuff, but. What's your thought? Do we do we really care about downloads? Is are we using these to see effectiveness? What or are we just making it to make it? You know, I, no, I'm not tracking the analytics of it. And, you know, I know obviously in Google you can even what now in your drive see who viewed or who opened your document, mm, right? right? So that's you know that's pretty much analytics right there in data if you want to track that. But I, I don't. You know, it, one of the advantages I have is by dropping it and creating it as part of my an online module or something like that. If I want to do that, I know that they have to view it if I make that a stipulation or a, uh, um, uh, a completion setting in my LMS. I can do that. But no, I, I really don't think so. I think the idea is you're just trying to make PD immersive. And that means that you want to come from all different avenues. Some people pick it up. Some people like it. Some people don't. The idea is that you're just trying to uh, please the masses here. So we want to know what you guys are doing. Uh, we are spending the month of April here talking about what to do after your PD day. Of course, this is episode number 46. Next week, we're going to be talking all about lunch and learns. And again, this is a subject that came up from one of our listeners. And she wrote in saying, look, I'm starting lunch and learns the, the, the second half of the year. What do I do? How do, be, how do we be successful? Nick, we love it when teachers and tech coaches take a moment to reach out to us. There are so many different ways to do that. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach. Leave us a voice message over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail. And, of course, all of our archives are going to be over at AskTheTechCoach.com. And, Nick, you know what I'm looking forward to is on April 29th, we're going to be doing our April Tech Coach Roundtable. And you know what? We are looking for some great tech coaches to join us, aren't we? 
Definitely, definitely. So, you know, if you know someone or you want to join, we're always looking. It's a fun group. It's like a little family meetup. We will give you a topic or we'll have a topic that's generated, obviously, from listeners. And we just beat it around the table, basically. And we kind of discuss, we share ideas and, and expertise or experiences on this topic. And it's always a fun, fun thing to see, Jeff. And of course, if you're out there looking to figure out how you can build a brand for yourself, how do you become a PD provider? How do you create a website that's going to bring in some income? How do you pay off some bills? Look, we are all in this together. We all know that we're just a few paychecks away from the summertime where many of us aren't getting paid. That is why we have our webinar, which we're going to be held on Tuesday, April the 16th. We're doing one in the afternoon and one in the evening to help you create your educational brand. You can go to teachercast.net slash webinar for more information and to sign up today. We look forward to having you in our group and you can learn about how you guys can take advantage of amazing discounts and so much more. So check us out over on teachercast.net slash webinar today. Nick, this is the week for spring break. I'm looking forward to a, a lot of days off here with my family. What are you looking forward to as we go through the spring break and, you know, as we hit the downside to uh, at the end of a great school year. Jeff, I just had mine. We're one of the early districts, so that's how I made my way over to Niagara Falls for a few days, which was beautiful, unfortunately a little too cold. Um, But it looks like you're gonna have a beautiful week. I'm gonna be back at school, uh, finishing up some things, uh, hopefully wrapping up our future ready stuff that I've been working on with my district and uh, just trying to spark some some interest in some innovative uh, things in our, our district. So um, I'm just looking forward to another year that's almost, you know, kind of in the books and, and starting fresh and planning for next. And we want to know what you guys are doing. Check us out over at askthetechcoach.com. Leave us a voice message. Send us an email. We would love to have you guys be a part of our next roundtable. And on behalf of Nick and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury. And I'm Nick Amaral. Reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.